I want to just take a couple of moments right now and honor our fathers. I praise the Lord for you. I'm so thankful for the godly fathers here today, and we're so thankful, all of you that have joined with us. Those of you that are regular attenders, members of our church, those of you that are visiting with us today, we thank you so much for coming on this very special Sunday as we honor Father's Day. And fathers, thank you so much for joining with us. And I want to just take just a moment, and I want for everybody here that's not a father to help me honor the fathers. And so I'm going to have them stand in just a moment. You know, we stand up, we give all kinds of claps and things for people in the world today and all kinds of things. We don't even know who they are, but you'll clap for them. We know these men, and these are our fathers. Would you join with me? All fathers, go ahead and stand up. Stand up right now. Stand up proudly. We're thankful for you. Let's give these gentlemen a hand. Let's honor them this morning. Thank you so much. Amen. Praise the Lord for you. We're so thankful today. And happy fathers to you. You can go ahead and have a seat. It's great to see these men here with us today. It's good to have church when men are in church. Godly men are in church, and I'm glad you're here today. Thank you so much for joining with us, and I want to wish you a happy Father's Day. I'm going to sing, this next song I want to sing, and, and I just want you to listen to the words. It's, um, it really reminds us of the brevity of life, how time goes by, and how we must, we must love our family, our friends, and especially our moms and dads while there's time. Time goes by so quickly. And so many of you, if you've gone through that valley, you know how it is. Mom and dad are no longer here. Some of you, the time has come when the mom and dad are getting up in age. And I just want you to listen to the words of song, just an encouragement for us to love them while we can. our shoes, took us to school, patched our worn out jeans. They soothed our tears and calmed our fears and listened to our dreams. Somewhere along their golden years, their hair has lost it's she. The notes to him one hundred ten crackle when they sing, and now they are alone. No children's voices fill their empty home. love them while we can we must love them while we can for time just seems to hurry by and the days slip into years And the moments that we have will disappear So love them while we can 
folks that taught us our first words still have much to say. Silver secrets of the world lie beneath those crowns of gray. As they near the end, we change our role from children to best friend. We must love them while we can. We must love. Time just seems to hurry by, and the days slip into years. And the moments that we have will disappear. So love them while we can. Love them while we can. Love them while we can. for the privilege of having a mom and a dad that I'm still able to talk to and be able to enjoy fellowship with and I'm thankful that my mom and dad are born again believers that they're on their way to heaven looking forward to that I was just talking to my dad the other day and um, just talking about the brevity of life and how physical things are ailments how they they seem to come more and more as the age gets on in life as you get a little closer to heaven and I was just mentioning to my dad you know it's just that this life is but a shadow of eternity eternity is forever I'm so thankful and I know some of you today you know Father's Day is a tough day for you because dad's no longer here but the dad that trusted in Christ as Savior is in heaven for all eternity I'm looking forward to heaven I'm looking forward to not having to worry about any more struggles of this life and the physical ailments that we go through and the challenges that we face I'm looking forward to it and yet God still has us here. I'm thankful for the godly fathers that are here. I'm thankful that we are still, as men, have an opportunity to be able to have the impact on our children and on our grandchildren, impact on our community, and, and be the men that God wants us to be. The time hasn't come. The battle's not over. We're still in the race. God wants us to finish well. And I would just want to encourage you today as, as godly fathers, and I want us to look here at an unusual example in Daniel chapter 5, if you take your Bible and turn over there today, in Daniel chapter 5. We see a very unusual place to go to, I believe, for Father's Day, but I think it's a, a really good challenge to us today as fathers, as men. 
doesn't just apply to men, of course. This message today could apply to every individual that's here this morning, but I just want to specifically challenge men today. And looking here at lessons from the king's grandson. In Daniel chapter 5, we'll be reading here in just a moment, but kind of give you a background of, of what's going on here in Daniel chapter 5. See, many years have passed since Daniel chapter 4. We see kind of a time warp between Daniel chapter 1 and chapter 5. A lot of things have happened. Daniel, the boy who was taken from Israel and made to live in Babylon at the age of 16, is now in his 80s. Lots happened. Time flies. 16 years old, and now he's approximately 82 years old. Boy, isn't that life? It seemed like you blink your eyes, and one moment you blink your eye again, and now you're looking in the mirror, and you say, who is that old person in the mirror? Yeah, I think it more and more. I remember looking at pictures and literally thinking to myself, when did they start looking old? And I say that because when I was younger, I would look at pictures and I'd think, well, I see these young people and all of a sudden I see these old people. And when did it happen? It happened so quickly. And now I'm looking in the mirror and I said, now I know when it happens. (laughs) I'm seeing it right before my eyes. I'm going through the same thing generationally that every generation has gone through. Time goes by very quickly. And because the time goes by very quickly, we ought to make sure that we redeem that time, that we use it properly. And we use it while there is time. It's so important. There's so many things in life that are time sensitive. Being a good dad and granddad is time sensitive. It's important we understand that we only have one run at it. We have a very short period of time. And, and so we see here it's happening in, in Daniel's life. He's going from 16 in chapter 1 to 82 approximately chapter 5. And in, in prior to chapter 5, King Nebuchadnezzar has died. If you remember the story about King Nebuchadnezzar and how he had a great relationship with Daniel and a lot of wonderful things that happened. And his son and grandson now are on the throne as co-rulers of Babylon. His grandson is ruling Babylon and dad is away at the time. Now they're co-rulers, but he's out and he's uh, fighting, trying to reestablish trade routes that have been taken hostage by the Persian and Cyrus governments at that time. And so kind of give you an idea of what's going on here in chapter 5. And Daniel is no longer involved in government. You might say he's retired. How many retired folks are here today? You're retired. Lots of hands being raised. Well, he's at that age. He's at 82. He's kind of retired from the job that he had there in the government. He no longer is ruling over Babylon. Daniel's no longer the overseer of the wise men of Babylon. And uh, he's still living, though, in Babylon. He's still there. And this is where our story picks up. This is where we learn our Father's Day lessons here today. We see the grandson is going to teach us the errors of his grandfather and his father. We're kind of looking at it as a lesson. You know, some lessons in life can be learned by positive examples. Some lessons in life can be learned from negative examples. And we're going to see some negative examples here of what happened in the life of this man. As a result of his father not being the father he should and his grandfather not being the father he should. And so it's a challenge to us as men. And I want you to look there, if you would, at Daniel chapter 5. Jump to verse number 5, if you would. Let's read verses 5 through 12. Verses 5 through 12. Why don't you all stand up, if you would. Join me as we read the Word of God. Daniel chapter 5 and verse number 5. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick which the uh, uh, placed there of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him. 
so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. I mean, he was, he was shaking his knees. He was so scared. He was shaking his boots. Verse 7, the king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers and the Chaldeans and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold around his neck, about his neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing, nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astoned. And now the queen, by reason of words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom, and whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him. Whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit, and knowledge, and understanding, interpreting of dreams, and showing of hard sentences, and dissolving of doubts, were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show thee interpretation." Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would just challenge us today as fathers, Lord, that we would learn from the the example that we see here, a negative example. Lord, you challenge our hearts. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege to know you. We thank you for your word, Lord, to challenge us and to guide us. We thank you for the wisdom that you give to us. Lord, we pray for it. I pray that you would open our eyes, help us to see. Bless these homes, bless this church, bless each of the fathers today, Lord. I pray that you'd speak to us, Lord, that that would be a greatest Father Day present would be to hear from you, and Lord, for it to impact our life and to cause us to be better fathers and grandfathers. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There's just a few lessons that I want us to look here today and to learn from this grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar. Here he is, he's living it up. Life is grand. He's sitting on the throne. He's got about anything you could possibly want. At that time, perhaps the greatest nation on the face of the earth, most powerful. He has everything. He's got all kinds of money and things. And yet we see here some very horrible things are about to happen in his life. Very difficult things are going to happen. And there's lessons we can learn from this. And the very first lesson I want you to notice with me here today is this. Number one, take God seriously in your life. The very first lesson, take God seriously in your life. You see, Nebuchadnezzar, obviously, he failed to teach his grandson that you better be taking God seriously in your life. He failed to teach him that. And I believe every dad and every grandfather must have that talk with their child or children. It ought to be a continual conversation. It ought to be a thing where you're training your children. You need to have that talk with your young people, with your children, when they're young and as they grow and as they get older, and then with your grandchildren, making sure that you are teaching them to take God seriously. It's so important we understand that. You say, well, I take God seriously. Well, the reason why we can tell whether we take God seriously is by the decisions that we make in our life. The way we can tell whether we take God seriously is whether we take the Word of God seriously in our life. 
And we ought to be teaching our children and our grandchildren that we ought to be taking God seriously. It's something that's so important. Look, let's look at this example. Here we see just a few years ago, uh, the, the previous chapter, Daniel. Daniel is exactly being a spiritual father, you might say, to King Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar, the unbelieving child. And then we see what it says in chapter 4, verse 27. Listen closely to what it says. He says, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. And if you read what's going on here, we see that God is getting ready to judge Nebuchadnezzar. God, he's getting ready to to send Nebuchadnezzar on a journey that's going to be a horrific journey for Nebuchadnezzar. He's getting ready and he's getting ready to put him out in the field for seven years and become like a beast. Now we can't even comprehend something like that, but can you imagine because of you denying God and denying God the glory of something in your life that God would then let you go out and have exactly what you're going for. And that's exactly what's getting ready to happen to Nebuchadnezzar. And here we see Daniel's being a spiritual father to him and he's telling him, listen, you need to take God seriously. God is telling you what's going to happen if you go down this path. God is telling that if you, will cease, if, you, if you don't stop bringing the glory on yourself, if you, if you continue down the path you're going on with your pride and arrogance, you're going to end up as a beast out in the field. God is telling you. Now, God might not be telling you right now today that He's going to turn you into some wild animal, but I can tell you this. We need to teach our children that God's Word is serious and that we need to take God seriously. There are a lot of times kids are looking and making decisions and many times parents, instead of saying, we need to take God seriously, dads, we need to make sure that we're telling our children, take the Word of God seriously and do it God's way. Don't do it your way. Obey the Word of God. If God says if you're going to go out and do this, it's going to bring harm to you, take God's Word seriously. There are so many things in life that, that we need to be so careful that we're teaching our kids and, 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 and kids that, that need to be taught that take God seriously. When God says things like not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hey, listen, what it's saying there, take the Word of God seriously and teach your children to be in church. Amen. Take the Word of God seriously and don't just teach them by saying it, but by doing it. Being faithful in church, being at church, getting your children. You know what? Your kids are being inundated with all the philosophies of this world, and there's so much garbage that's out there. They need every opportunity they can get to be in the Lord's house and be in church. They need to be in church at 10 o'clock. They need to be in church at 11 o'clock. They need to be in church at 6 o'clock on Sunday nights. They need to be in church on midweek service during the week at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. They need to be in church. And we as fathers need to take it serious enough that we're leading the way. That we are demonstrating that. They need to hear the Word of God. They need to take it seriously. Here we see what's going on here. Belshazzar, he did not get taught that from his grandfather. Daniel's advice was don't play with God. And yet, we see Nebuchadnezzar continued down that path, and we see what happened is God did end up judging him, and he didn't teach his son from that judgment. Now we come to chapter 5, and the king's grandson, he's having a party. I mean, it's a big party. He invited a couple thousand of his closest friends. Hey, when you've got uh, power and money and everything, you've got a lot of friends. 
He's got a couple thousand that come to this banquet, and there they are, they're drinking, they're having a good time. They're, they're, I mean, and out of nowhere, the thought crosses the mind of the king that the wine tastes okay, but it would taste better inside the, those vessels that my grandfather got from the temple over there in Jerusalem. And so he asked for those, those, those vessels to come out, those vessels that had been consecrated unto the Lord, those vessels that were very special in the temple there, those vessels that, I'll tell you what, that there were vessels that were used to, to worship the one and true God. And he asked, hey, have them come out at this party. We're going to desecrate them. I'll tell you what, you don't want to mess with God. Take God seriously. You don't want to mess with God you don't want to take the things that God says are holy and desecrate them. And that's exactly what he's doing here. He has them bring that out and he gets that wine, that strong drink, and they begin to drink that inside the vessels that were supposed to be used in bringing honor and glory to God. And those vessels, and he begins to drink of that. And you know what? God is a holy God. God is a loving God. But I'll tell you what, God is a righteous God. And God will judge people that do things like this. Judgment's coming. This guy doesn't even know it's coming yet. He didn't take it seriously. He wasn't taught to take God seriously. And there they are, and now they're desecrating that and doing that thing. Here's the grandson's mistake. He didn't take God seriously, didn't take the things of God seriously, and he's going to pay the price as a result of it. You know, Nebuchadnezzar, I believe, didn't have that talk with his son, didn't have it with his grandson, didn't teach them those things. Let me ask you this morning, men, you that are fathers, did you ever have the talk with your children? Have you talked with your children about taking the things of God seriously? I'm not just talking about a one-time conversation. I'm talking about a lifestyle. I'm talking about literally having those conversations. I'm talking about in every area of life, when it, when it comes to talking about what's right and what's wrong, when it comes to talking about church, when it comes to talking about, I mean, even teaching about the future of what type of husband or wife they're going to be looking for, talking about the future as what, what, what they're going to do with their life and being directed by God and, and taking the Word of God seriously. When God says no to something, we need to listen to the Word of God. When God tells us to do something, we need to listen to the Word of God. Do you have that talk with your children? I can tell you this today, you might be here, sitting here right now and thinking, man, I wish I'd said more. You know, if your child has breath and you have breath, it's not too late to have that conversation. It's not too late to have an impact. Have that impact. Have that conversation. You must teach your children to take God seriously in their life. It seems like such a simplistic thing, but I don't believe it is. I believe it's a challenge. I believe it's something that many, many godly parents, they, they love God and yet they don't take the time to teach their children to, to take God seriously. It's so important we're reminded of that. Lesson number two, you will always need God. Real simple. You'll always need God. There's not a time in your life when you don't need God. You need God on top of the mountain, you need God in the valley. You will always need God. Nebuchadnezzar obviously failed to teach his grandson that no matter how powerful or successful you become, you still are going to need God. By the way, I believe that every dad and every grandfather must have that conversation with their child as well. You need God, son. Daughter, you need God. You see what we have here, how God has blessed us? Without God, we wouldn't have these things. You need God. You see, without God, we wouldn't know where we're going for eternity. You need God. You need God. Listen, if it wasn't for God's direction in my life and God leading, I wouldn't be married to your mother, the, the perfect person that God chose for me. 
You need God. You need God. Listen, when you're going to college, you need God. You need God to direct you in your life. You need God. You need God at work. You need God everywhere in life. The sad part is there's a lot of young people, they grow up and they get to the place where they get to the age where they have to make their own decisions. And for some reason, they don't think they need God. Now, some of that is a, as a result of perhaps rebellion. Maybe some of that is a result because they're young and they haven't learned as they should. It's not because mom and dad have made big mistakes in that. But listen, I believe a lot of the reason why is because oftentimes many parents, what they talk to their children about is the success. And the idea of success is what the world says success is. They talk about making money. They talk about getting the best job, getting the best education. They talk about all these things and, and, and what we really need to instill in our children is you will always need God in every situation. You need Him to direct you. You need Him to guide you. You need His wisdom. You need Him to sustain you and take care of you. It, things aren't going to always be rosy in life. Anybody ever, have you figured that out yet? Things aren't always rosy in life. Amen. We need God. And I'll tell you what, one of the most, most uh, challenging times that the devil will attack us is when things are going well. You really need God then. You really need God because it's so easy to trip and fall over those things. And they're all blessings from God. Here, look if you would, uh, Daniel chapter 5. Look at verse 5 again. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the, the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Now picture that. Imagine that. Here's this great big hand writing up against this great big wall with all these guests here. Look at verse 6. Then the king's countenance was changed. Now if you saw that today, would your countenance change? Oh yeah. I, I, man, it would have my attention, all right? And his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed. And his knees smote one against another. He was shaking in his boots. He's scared. Never seen anything like that before. That got his attention. Here he is. He's the grandson. He's got all this success. He's ruling over Babylon. He has all this power. Once again, like I said, perhaps one of the most powerful nations on earth. It's coming down quickly, but it's still at, at, right up at the top. They have all this power. He's in a great position of, of, of power and prestige. And, and listen, it should not surprise us because Nebuchadnezzar, uh, it, it, he, he, here he is. He, he's, he, it, it shouldn't surprise us that this man would... would uh, it should surprise us that this man did not know that God was trying to get a hold of him. Now, when you look at the life, because Nebuchadnezzar, God worked in his life. Two different times, God worked in his life. Nebuchadnezzar was troubled. Nebuchadnezzar was looking for answers, and he, he, God gave him the answers. If you remember the story, how the, he needed God to, to answer, uh, uh, tell him what the dreams meant. And if you remember how God used Daniel to interpret those dreams. Two different times he was troubled. And now we see here his grandson going through a time of trouble. He sees this sign there before him, and he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what the answer is. Not knowing it was Daniel that, that went to God and got the answer to the dream for his granddad. And then, you know, we look at this and we see how that Nebuchadnezzar, from personal experience, he should have had that talk with his grandson that when something goes wrong, when you're going through problems, when you're going through this, this God of the Hebrew, the God of, of Daniel, he, he spoke to, uh, to him and he interpreted that dream and he was there to give the answer. You know, I need, need God in my life too. I need to remember that. You know, when I'm troubled... 
How many, you, know, you go through troubles in life. I, I can look back and I can see in my life the difficult times of my life and how God was there for me and I needed God. I could go back to God and God was there. How God answered that prayer. How God sustained me. God gave me the strength that I needed. How God blessed me. How God gave me my family. And God gave me. There's so many things you can look back and see that. And listen, we need to make sure that our children know about those things and they see that and that, that we are relying upon God. And it's not just the past. They ought to see that we're relying upon God even now. That we always need God. That God is there for us and and we always need God. There is not a thing that you will ever face that you don't need God. Whether it be good or bad, we need God. Without God, we are lost. Without God, we're never going to have the victory. We need God in our life. Thirdly, when problems arise, seek godly counsel. Simple. When problems arise, where are your kids going to go to find help? When problems arise, seek godly counsel. Nebuchadnezzar, he obviously failed to point his grandson to a, a spiritual man of God that he might need to call upon when problems arise. You think about that. And I, you listen, I believe that, that dads and fathers, we as fathers, we ought to have a conversation with our kids and point them and say, hey, listen, when you have an issue that you're facing and you're struggling with, if, yeah, you need God and you need to take God seriously, but there's times when you need to go to a godly man, a godly lady, and ask them for help and have them pray with you. You need to, hey, say, listen, hey, you know what? Are you going to make a major decision? Go talk to your pastor. Ask him to pray with you. Ask Him to, to give you some godly advice and, and pray. And, and, and listen, know that you have godly people you can go to. Here's the sad part. A lot of young people today, listen, where do they go for answers? It's not godly people. Not godly people in this, this congregation or the, the pastor or their teacher. They, they go out into the world and look for the answers. They try to find a book that answers the question. They think that they can find the answer aside from God. They're not taking God seriously. And they certainly, they're not going to God and realizing they need Him in every part of life. And so they go out, they seek direction in all the wrong places. And there's a whole lot of that happening today. Young people. And here's the thing. We need to train our children that when it comes time and you're struggling, you're going through a difficulty in life, you need to go to a godly man, a godly woman, ask them for godly advice. Ask them to pray with you. Ask them for wisdom, to give you wisdom and ask them to pray with you. I've had people come to me and there's times that I can share with them scripture and give them some godly advice from the word of God. There's some times when the question they're asking, we have principles from the word of God I can share, but when it comes right down to it, I don't know the answer. And so you know what I do? I say, let's pray. Because God says that if we ask God for wisdom, He'll give it to us liberally. He won't get angry with us. He braideth not, the Bible says. And so let's pray about it. And the Bible also says the effectual, if you know it, say it with me, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We need to go to people when we're going to that difficult time and ask them to pray with them. There's times in my life I've gone through difficult things and there's people I will call and I'll say, would you pray with me about this? I need your help in praying. Now, of course, they don't replace God, but I'll tell you what, they, they are in touch with God. They're prayer warriors and they've been through some things perhaps I've not been through and they've got some wisdom and years perhaps I don't have and I can go to them. And Listen, when problems arise, seek godly counsel. And by the way, you're going to have problems. Anybody here lived in life through your life and never had a problem? Raise your hand. No. We all have problems. We have difficulties. We go through difficult times. 
And here we see it's just amazing that here is the, the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. And it amazes me that all the stuff that Daniel did for the king, Nebuchadnezzar, he interpreted two dreams, and then amazingly, uh, he ran the kingdom of Babylon for seven years and did an outstanding job in doing it, obviously, because he was led by God, and God gave him the wisdom that he needed. And yet, here it is, we see that he, he never, the, the, uh, Grandpa never mentions to his grandson that you have this amazing man of God in your kingdom. Use him. You're going to need him. You need to go to him if you have questions. And, and, and so he doesn't say that to him. And so the grandson, he sees the handwriting on the wall. We, we know the story. And he, he calls together all the wise men of Babylon. And they don't even understand what's going on. They can't help. So who comes to the rescue? Does anybody remember? We read it just a minute ago in verse number 10. Who comes to the rescue here as far as remembering Daniel? Who was it? Grandma. That's right. Grandma remembers it. The queen, the, the wife of Nebuchadnezzar. Look at it, verse 10, if you would. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There's a man in thy kingdom, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and in the day of thy father's light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods was found in him. Whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, thy king, I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, forasmuch as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar didn't do his job. Nebuchadnezzar did not teach his son nor his grandson about this God, the God that proved himself, did not teach him to take God seriously, did not teach him about this godly man that had the power of God in his life, whom God had worked through, whom God had blessed. He had obviously seen God's work in his life, and yet he did not share that. Listen, men. I pray that as the men, the godly leader, the godly spiritual leader in your house, that you take your responsibilities seriously and teaching and pointing to your children and telling them, take God seriously, pointing to your children. There's never going to be a time in your life when you don't need God and telling your children that, listen, God has put godly people in your life that you can reach out to to get godly encouragement, godly advice, godly wisdom, and they'll pray with you. Point them to. Listen, you know, the pastor ought not be the person that gets chewed up on Sunday afternoon over dinner. Can I hear an amen to that at all? Amen. I was starting to worry there for a minute. I don't know. <laughs> we ought not be ripping down godly people. That doesn't mean perfect people, by the way, because there's not a one of us here that are perfect. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. And yeah, I'm going to say just a couple of words, but I'm talking about the position of pastor right now. I'm talking about a position that God has placed in a position and that, that a, a special calling on his life. Your children ought to come to the place where they have a great respect for the spiritual leaders in their life. Your grandkids ought to have a respect for the spiritual. You know, there's some kids that will get away from church because all the pastor ever was was a, a, he was Sunday afternoon dinner. He was chewed up and spit out. All the spirit, oh, the youth pastor 
Pastor Parker and Sarah, all they ever did, all you could do is talk negative, and you wonder why the kids don't want to go to youth group. And I don't even know if that's going on here. I'm just saying that has the potential of happening if we're not careful. We ought to be lifting up people that are in positions of, of spiritual leadership. We ought to be thankful that God has placed them in a position and pray for them. And when you have something going on in your life, you ought to ask them to pray with you. I can tell you this. That's my desire. I want God's best for your life. I want God's best for your children's life. I can tell you, I'm so honored when a young person will come up to me and say, Pastor, will you please pray with me about this? And that means a ton to me. It really does. And yeah, and, and, and who am I? I'm a sinner saved by God's grace, but yet as a position of being the shepherd, the under-shepherd here in this church, and, and being a person. Listen, I've been here long enough. I, I know most of you pretty good. I've seen some of these kids from the day they were born. I've baptized many of you. I care for you. I love you. And I want to pray with you. But I want you to share that. Share with your kids. You know the pastor is approachable. I love when kids come up and talk to me and they want to give me five. A high five and a low five. Oh, it's too fast, right? <laughs> a fist bump. I don't mind any of that. Our children need to look up to godly leaders. Look up to our godly deacons in the church. We've got some great deacons here at Lighthouse Baptist. I praise the Lord for that. We have some great godly people, great ladies in the church that are godly individuals that you can go to. Ladies, if you, you got something you're looking for some answers to and wanting some prayer with, go to my wife. She's there. She would love to talk with you. You know what the devil wants to do? Oh, no, I can't go share that. I can't go. The devil, he'll cause you to trip all over it. Listen, I'm just encouraging you. Here, can you imagine this? Here he is. They've got Daniel right there in Babylon. He's there in the kingdom. He had ruled for seven years and did a tremendous job by the power of God. He was able to answer the, 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 the dreams of Nebuchadnezzar. He had such an impact on that kingdom. And yet here we see this grandson that doesn't know anything about him. He didn't hear about it from his dad. He didn't hear about it from his granddad. Here is this grandson that didn't take God seriously. They had all kinds of gods that they worshipped. And of course, I'm talking about the one and only true God. The God that showed himself to be real. Nebuchadnezzar knew it. I believe that Nebuchadnezzar died a believer. I honestly believe that. I believe I'm going to be able to get a chance to see Nebuchadnezzar one day. I don't know. I'm not God. But I believe he's in heaven today because of the testimony of those Daniel. And you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they saw that God was real. They there in the fire and saw the fourth in the fire like as the Son of God. I believe that Nebuchadnezzar's in heaven. You know what's sad is I don't believe, based on what I read here, that Belshazzar is. His grandson? That's so sad. Nebuchadnezzar had an opportunity and he missed it. He could have had such an impact on his son and grandson. Take God seriously. You're always going to need God. Know the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Study the Word of God. You've got something you're going through? Go to the man of God. Go to the lady that's a godly lady. You go and ask them to pray with you. Don't go to the world and get the answers. Don't go to these wise men that couldn't answer my dreams before. And they certainly can't do it now. The world says they know a lot, but I'll tell you what, when it comes to these things, the world knows nothing. God has the answers. 
And doing it God's way is guaranteed the best way. And our children need to see that. And I challenge you today, dads, to train up your child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. That's a promise from the Word of God. Train them. Train them. How seriously do you take that responsibility? How seriously do you take it? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed as we pray.